Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Fit Muller. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another interview on the Success Inspired Podcast. I'm your host, Fit, and today with me, my guest is an engineer, entrepreneur, ultra runner, completing two Ironmans, multiple 50-mile runs in numerous marathons. He's a professional engineer in the United States, an entrepreneur that is taking the time and tedium out of designing commercial buildings and helping electrical engineers to design the projects in minutes through his software. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his entrepreneurial journey and, and how he came about to uh, figuring out this solution that helps so many other electrical engineers and also about his uh, marathons. So please welcome to the show, Dylan Mitchell. Hey, thanks for having me, Vid. Pleasure nice to be here. To, nice to meet you, Dylan. Nice to meet you. So tell me, how did this whole thing come about? You always wanted to be an engineer? Yeah, so for me, I moved to Oregon for high school. So in the US, like on the coast, right above California. And where we ended up moving ended up being off the grid, a house that we provided our own power, right? We had solar panels, windmill, hydro, all that kind of stuff, generator. And my next door neighbor was a electrical engineer that worked for National Laboratory. So through that experience, I you know, fell in love with power production, how the grid worked, how homes worked. Like we never lost power. And so many like other towns and cities would lose power. Like our power never went out. So for me, growing up as a kid, like that was a big thing and just how systems worked, how electricity got stored and transported. So all that kind of stuff really just, and I was good in math and science. So it, it just was an easy route to take to become an engineer. And having that experience growing up in that safe environment would have naturally inspired you to, to pursue that as well, right? Yeah, it gave me a very different appreciation, right? Not many people have that type of experience. So in growing up in, in that environment allowed me to one, have some hands-on experience with renewables. So this was like 15 years ago when renewables were not like a thing. People didn't really talk about solar and wind farms and all that kind of stuff where it's pretty common today. So it gave me an experience that was just years ahead of, of where things have taken <laughs> anyway. Now for somebody that you know may have heard about renewables and you know and solar panels and all that, but haven't really started looking into anything and not even considering, what are so I mean the most obvious, but are there some benefits that are a little bit less obvious that people don't even consider that maybe they should know about? Yeah, so with any like type of renewable source, it's gonna get you most of the way there, right? Like solar is not gonna be a, a full solution for your house. You're not going to power everything about it. And probably some of the things like living off the grid that I became aware of is like how much power something really takes, right? For your, your coffee pot, your tea kettle, your microwave, like all that kind of stuff it takes a lot of power. And I, most people don't understand like how much it actually consumes would be probably a more lesser known fact when you're connected to the grid, you just don't, you don't think about it. And we yourself, are you living off the grid right now? Are you still living off the grid or? No, no, that was, I really just lived there through high school, my parents and I. So it was, we were there for a while and it, it was a great experience, but no, no plans to do that any, anytime soon. Why not? It's, there's a lot of maintenance to, to everything. So that's like the other side of it is you got to upkeep 
everything. And I just, it's not something that I want to spend time on. That's right. Fair enough. Let's talk about the uh, software business that you've got. So obviously, I assume a lot of people develop things like that when they kind of about a struggle and they want to figure out a solution. Was that, was that like the journey? Was that like for you? Yeah. So in the construction industry, there's a, a lot of things that people do that are, are need to be done, but are very like time consuming and tedious and all these just very repetitive tasks. So did you ever take like a drafting class or something like that in high school or, you know, primary school? No, I'm just drawing just in arts, but nothing like drafting now. Even like 20 years ago, it was still a very common practice. Like when you think of blueprints, right? All those were drawn by hand for a building, even 20 years ago. So 2000, they were all still done by hand. Enter the computer. Now you can click some stuff, right? It's now an electronic drafting table. And then maybe six years ago, it uh, really took over to where it's a three-dimensional model and all this like database type stuff, but still very, very repetitive. Me working in that industry, I just saw all these repetitive tasks that take hours and really months to create commercial buildings is what we're talking about. So we're not talking about your residential house. We're talking like schools, hospitals, big office towers, those types of- Lots of rooms, lots of levels. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just massive. And they, they take a long time to design because every- Every switch, every outlet, every light needs to be put in and placed in that model so that everybody knows what to build. So what we did is we created a a software that automates the placement of all those thousands of devices throughout a building. So instead of it taking what could be months for a given project, you can effectively do that in minutes. So that's what we've done to take out the tedious, time-consuming portion of design for commercial construction, and then allow people to really focus on the higher value tasks, coordination, the the pretty parts of buildings, right? The nice architectural features versus all the kind of rote and tedious mm-hmm. stuff. And how do you generate these calculations? Are they based off like a 3D model or, or do you have to put, a, like a, you know, some, obviously some metrics? How does, how, how does it work? Yeah, so in the process of designing a building, the architectural team, the design team will create the building floor plan, right? So they'll create that 3D model. And once that's created, once all those rooms and plan is generated and models generated, then our software can come in and populate the rest of that model with all the electrical equipment. Mm -hmm. Because they're true to scale, so it's easily just to scale it up and calculate. Okay, cool. And what else does it take account? So obviously material that the electricians would need, the cables and switches and all those bits and pieces. Does it also take into account, I'm not an electrical engineer, but I assume there's, there's laws around engineering and you know, amperage and things like that. <laughs> yeah, so for for what our solution does, it's it's calculating where lights go. So it's doing all the lighting calculations. This is something that like in a house, you don't really need to think about. You just put a light in and it's good enough. In commercial, we actually do calculations to make sure you have the right amount of light in a particular space. So like a a classroom is gonna be pretty bright, but you go into a restroom and they're darker. It's just not as bright in a restroom as it would be in like a classroom or an office space. So all those need calculations. So we perform all those calculations and that's what our software does to place all of your lights throughout a building where they need to be placed. For all the rest of the devices, it's gonna place them kind of as you would need throughout your 
your model, and then it's up to the engineers to do the actual engineering. So we're still leaving the engineering up to the engineers, but it, during the design process, we're taking about half the work out of the process. Is that something that plumbers, plumbers could use as well later on, or is it just for electricians? So that's definitely in our, our development is for all the other engineering disciplines. So we've got a small solution for mechanical engineers. So for HVAC to put in air terminals and all that kind of stuff. And then we're working on other solutions for like plumbing, more mechanical solutions and other engineering disciplines. Mm -hmm. So you're pretty confident. This works really well, pretty accurate. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Yeah. Great solution. One thing, if I had a business like that, the one thing that I would be like worried about is if somebody uses my software and miscalculates and then it <laughs> screws up their, their budgets and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, for us, so we're, we're taking it to where the counts are in and we're, it's not going to be for every building. There's still going to be corner cases. So it's going to get you 90% of the way there and cut out, out that tedium. So there's still going to be spaces that as an engineer, you're going to need to go back, review, look at. And then you're still going to need to do a lot of the engineering, a lot of the circuiting, a lot of that kind of content. But the initial like big bulk of work phase is what we handle. That's awesome. And how long have you guys been around for? So we've, we launched in our full version in December of 2019. So just a little over a year. Excellent. Excellent. That's good. It's innovation. It's, it's always going to happen, and this is a perfect example of it. This is going to help so many people. And uh, look, I've got a friend. He's um, a neighbor. He's, uh, he's an engineer. He does welding, so all the, all the steel works. So he does engineer all the, all the, all the projects, steel works projects. And he tells me on Sundays, he sits in front of a computer and just does all the quotes, all the calculation. And, and obviously, he's got to get it right. The projects that he does, it, I don't know on a quite a big scale. So he's got to get them because there's, you know, obviously a profit margin. And if he does them wrong, then obviously then he, then he's, he's biting himself in the foot. And then after all that hard work, he ends up with very, very little profit. I can see how this is so useful for so many people, not just, not just talking about business, but obviously people have families, people have businesses, but people also have families and, and it's important to get it right. Important to provide families. Yeah. Just wanted to say, Thank you for what you do. This is a great software, and I can imagine how, how many how many benefits laterally as, as a result of, of having this using this there are. So this is great. Now, what was that journey like starting this? So you, you had an idea, so you started working in the industry. One day, what you wake walk woke up and realized, okay, there needs to be a solution like that. How did you start it with this? Yeah, one of the initial kind of. Uh, light bulb moments for me was I was working with a team and this was in 2013, 14, where we were working on the, one of the initial development or releases of the Oculus Rift. So that 3d like headset, we were, had a initial release of that. So their uh, development kit two before Facebook bought Oculus. And in that we were putting our 3d models of buildings through that. So then you could walk through a building in virtual reality before like virtual reality was a big thing. And in that song, seeing that like software is a big portion behind all this stuff and nobody was really taking advantage of it. I didn't, so that was like the initial kind of light bulb moment for me was in 2014. And then it took me a couple of years to, you know, save up, be able to hire a developer to, you know, do this, all this stuff, fund it while I was still working. And really the, the breaking point for me was, 
I had taken a new job, was working in healthcare. So we were working on operating rooms and operating room renovations was my first project and big foray into healthcare. And in healthcare, they're very, very complicated spaces. And especially you talk an operating room, it's like a thousand square feet. So not a huge space, but just very, very complex and complicated. So I got thrown into that project and had to figure it out on my own. And I hit to a point where it was just super stressful, wasn't sleeping well at all and trying to wrap up a project before I went on a vacation and holiday to the beach and just didn't feel good. And two days before I actually came down with shingles. So it's itchy, rashy, burn, painful. It's on my chest and back and just a pretty terrible experience, especially like you're supposed to go on vacation mm. here in a couple of days and shingles is all caused by stress, right? That's what triggers it. So here I was super stressed out, um, not feeling good at all. And now I'm going to the beach. So I'm on the beach. I can't, can't do anything. I'm on like antivirals and painkillers to try to like, just manage this so that, you know, you can sleep at night and get over it in 10 days. So it was maybe by the end of vacation, I could have a beer and kind of enjoy, enjoy being at the beach. But that was the, really the breaking point for me where I needed to go into this full time. And that's really been our, our mission for Calbunga Studios is to create a, a product, a solution, environment, service that not only just saving time for, for engineers and everybody involved, but also you know, making your life better. There's no reason for anybody to have health issues. And I've known so many people across the industry that they have heart problems or they've had heart attacks or strokes or they're overweight or there's so many other things. They're anxious. And we want to create a, a solution that not only just helps save time, but to reduce your stress levels at work to where you can have a good and, and better life than just being worried all the time about getting a project out the door. We're going to help you to take care of that big burden of, of time and investment where you can thoroughly go through a project, make sure that everything is there, all accounts are right, the engineering's done well, and you're just not continually just stressed and freaked out about getting this next project out the door. We'll help do the heavy lifting for you to enable better success and a better life for everybody that we help. That's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah, look, this podcast is, while it's about inspiring success, it's also about health and fitness. That's my background. And uh, I do mention it a lot on the episodes. It's so important for everybody to to keep healthy, to stay active and to balance it out. We, we, we can't always be in that fight or flight. For those of you guys listening, the fight or flight, that, that represents when you're in under stress, constantly under stress. So your body goes into defensive mode, switches off metabolism, all the all the important rest and recover functions, they switch off. And instead, you're in that survival mode. And uh, your body can only sustain it for a certain period of time. And throughout the day, it's okay to be in those zones every now and then. But if you're there constantly, that's when things happen. Like for you, it was shingles and immune, immune suppression. You started, obviously, that, that, that wasn't a result of a one day. I assume that was like you must have been overworking yourself for a period of days and weeks. And as a result of that, you become immune suppressed. And then that's when diseases like shingles that normally wouldn't creep up on you because you had normally a good immune system, they do. The takeaway point from this is that what you're doing is helping people, like I said, helping people not only calculate things a bit more accurately, but fast and, and give that time. Especially if there's anybody right now listening and you're, solo, you're, you're a tradie, you're 
you're running your own business, maybe small, you do small little gigs here and there, but that, that can be competitive and you want to be able to get those projects out the door. You want to be able to quote quickly so that you can be competitive. And yeah, this is great. Thanks for what you do once again, Dylan. Yeah, thank you. I, I would also f- like to find out if, if any of your clients maybe come back to you and share how it impacted on their lifestyle as a result of using your software. Yeah, so for the, the lifestyle piece, we're still a little early in the process to hear the impact on the, the lifestyle, but we're, we're working towards getting more of those success stories in from our, our clients and customers. Awesome. Now, speaking of lifestyle, you're an avid runner. Have you always been a runner? I have not been. I played soccer or football growing up, and that was like the extent of running I did. But even still, I was a, I was a goalie, so I didn't, didn't run as much as everybody else. And for me, running really started after college. So after, after college, I joined a gym, and I'd been rock climbing like all my senior year. So I joined a rock climbing uh, gym and met up with a few people that was actually a group of women. So here I am, early 20s. And a group of women was rock climbing in their early 40s. And they invited me on a run and an eight mile run, never really run (laughs) that far, maybe once before in my life. So this was a a new thing for me. And after that first, first run going maybe down the apartment stairs was uh, pretty painful for anybody that's gone on a long run before, uh, realizes that it's not going up, it's (laughs) coming down the stairs. That's uh, a little rough. And from there, I was hooked. I, I did two marathons. So I did that in October of 2011 was when I started. And I did a marathon in April and then the Chicago Marathon in October of that year in 2012. My first Ironman was in 2013. And then second one was in 2015. 2017, I did my first 50-mile run. And that was at in Leadville, Colorado. So at 10,000 feet, so 3,000 meters and climbed eight thousand or ten thousand feet over the course of that race and then done a few other 50 milers since that's awesome that's awesome so running so you got hooked so you got that run initially you did that run with the ladies eight mile run out of a blue you wouldn't have been able to walk for a good week i i would i would expect calves calves tighten up and 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 the body in a big pain right yeah, it's primarily like y'all in the hamstrings, right? That's where it, hamstrings and quads. <laughs> mm. But you pursued through the pain and you continued. Why? It was a, a good group of people. I wasn't, I don't know, like for most of it, it was just, it was another challenge. It was something else to do. They'd all run multiple marathons. So for, for most of them, they'd probably run that point, six marathons across four or five ladies and couple other guys and they'd run, you know, few. So it was just being around a group of people that had done the thing that I was now looking to do. And through that too, a few of their husbands had done Ironman, one had done like a half Ironman. So then that became, and I lived in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. So Ironman had a, has an event in Louisville. So it was a kind of hometown event to be able to go and do the next year. So it it just became that progression of, of what's next and going to the next thing. Yeah. So from my, so it was about, you wanted to continue, obviously be around this community of, of people, but it's also inspirational, right? When you, when you're around people that have done something that is un- unreal or not unreal, but something that it's, it's a, sp- a 
aspirational being able to run a ironman was that is that the main reason for you like to stick around these people because they draw drive they motivate you to 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 push yourself more yeah if you've been around like the ultra community in really any way shape or form it's and especially like when you get to trail and ironman and in those races people are pretty positive right it's hard to find people that are downtrodden doing these types of events everybody's pretty supportive everybody's really helping each other through the events there to to cheer everybody on support in a lot of ways and it's really just a good community to be, be a part of a group of positive people that are pushing themselves to the limits and in most of these cases you you have a very small percentage that are you know quote professional athletes mm-hmm. most everybody is out there to to see how far they can go to see what they're capable of and that's a very different type of environment than you get in uh basically anything else right it's it's an environment that's positive that just people want to help and who doesn't want to be around that type of environment 100 percent. there's a saying right we are the average of the five people that we we spend the most time with and i want to be more successful we want to do better in life but there is one thing that i keep hearing and i'm experiencing over and over in even my own journey and 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 you would have experienced in your journey is nothing happens unless you until you get yourself out of that comfort zone it's it's the magic that happens outside of that comfort zone after outside of that comfort zone circle so doing things like a marathon or an ironman i've never done a mar- mar- an ironman but i used to do i used to take my clients my personal training clients to tough mother 20k obstacle race and we would go every year but the first year we went i had a couple of guys from my boot camp and they were in their 40s 50s corporate exec- executives busy jobs busy lives and doing a couple of sessions with me but i proposed let's do this initially they didn't want to but then i i kept on pursuing and managed to get them to do the tough mother with me and god that was an amazing experience not just for me going through you know the obstacles but for them at the end we all run through that finishing line and it was just this it was bonding experience like we had a shared experience so we you know they gave you beer and and we were like talking about the whole thing but for them individually they were saying oh wow i would have never thought i would be able to do that and i did it and up until today they're still like grateful that we went through that because it just it was just another 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 discomfort that they put themselves through that opens up new opportunities an understanding of your your own abilities and what you can do when you put your mind to it. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like pushing to that next level or completing something that was at the maybe range or limits of what you thought possible. So getting to those next levels, whether that's finishing your 10th marathon and maybe you do it a little faster this time or to be in your first Tough Mudder, first event, first 5K, whatever those events are for you to to get out there and do it. You're never going to not feel good after completing those events. What are some of the toughest moments that you had to overcome through, through in the business side of things for you? Yeah. In business, you're going to get said no to a lot. And through that, you've got to be able to persevere as problems come up. And this happens in construction all the time too, is you've got to be able to solve the 
problem. You can't just let it fester. You've got to address it, own it, understand that it is your problem to solve and then solve it for them. So that's whether that's a solution you create or your solution has its own own set of issues to work through to get them what they need, what they're looking for. And that's probably the biggest thing. It's you got to ego and what you maybe think is right and do everything for the, the customers at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to own your own shit. You know, don't blame it on others. That is the best path towards excellence is when you start owning your own mistakes, owning stuff that happens in your business and stop blaming others. Again, another another commonality with very successful people that I talk to, they own the, they have their responsible leaders and magic happens. Now back to you. So with this business that you run as a result of running this business, I assume now you've been doing it since 2019. So you're starting to reach some level of success. Has that impacted your lifestyle in, in a positive way? Yeah. I mean, with having my own company, setting my own hours, allowing myself to, I'm not tied to a nine to five, right? I don't have to be in the office or in a chair. The, the impacts for me personally is you know, I can go for walks during the middle of the day. I can be on podcasts and have my own voice more so than if I worked in a, in a corporate position. So for a lot of this, it's, it's really more freedom, but understanding like I still work long hours. I still put in a lot more time than if I were in a corporate position. So for lifestyle in that regard, yes. But the other thing to be known as like an entrepreneur, you're going to pour everything that you make back into your company. So you're not upgrading your lifestyle for the most part that you see those people. They're probably renting their cars, renting the Lamborghinis. They're maybe leveraged to the hilt in what they're showing is lifestyle. But when you meet true entrepreneurs, business people that are especially early in their career, everything that they have is going back into the companies and not into their lifestyle. So anybody that upgrades too quickly is really cutting themselves short in the long run. And yours, especially in your case, like you've, the way you said it, I understand you've bootstrapped it. You didn't really had a huge capital. It took you a few years before you found a developer. Tell me about that journey. What is it like? Because there might be somebody listening that might have some really amazing idea about some particular software but they might be in a similar position like you were those years ago and developers can be expensive. So what was that? Where did you start with, with that? How did you overcome that solution, that, that problem, getting that developer on board with the little that you had? Yeah. So with software in particular, there's a few key pieces. One is you need to have a clear outline. Like you have to clearly know what you want out of that solution, right? This comes for a product too, but you've got to clearly know what you want and to, outline, you know, sketch as much as you can for that product, what each button does, like everything through that solution. So that's a big piece in, in software, really in any product to make sure that you're doing that to give your developer a clear and kind of straight line to follow so that they're, you know, not lost in the woods and charging you a lot of, you know, time to develop something that maybe isn't ultimately what you want. So as a, an entrepreneur owner, you need to think through a lot of these problems and finding a developer for me, I went through a couple before I found somebody that was really good. And ultimately it was a recommendation from a friend. So don't be afraid to tap your network to find people to help you or recommend somebody that they know is, is really good at what they do. And that'll, that'll also save you a lot of time and money 
moving mm-hmm. forward. So those are probably the two of the biggest things. And then in, in bootstrapping, it's it's what do you want out of your company? For me, I wanted to retain ownership and really control of the product direction, all that kind of stuff for the company. And that that's important to me because I feel that most others that would come in with capital or something else from the outside would not have a good idea of what the construction industry needs. They're not from the industry. They would just be people with capital. So creating product direction wouldn't be something that they, they're good at. So for me, it was really maintaining that control of product and direction of the company and to have my own voice, right? Where I can't get fired from my own job or fired from the board or anything like that for saying something that I believe in. So I wanted that independence as well. Is that something that can easily happen in these cases or, or did you have to negotiate a lot to get that, to get that, like to, to retain the, the, the right to your ownership when you, when you were seeking the investors? Oh, so yeah, I still 100% own everything, but in for companies that I've seen to go get investment and get in, investors, they somewhere down the line have a disagreement and uh, more often than not, it, it typically doesn't end well with the founders in, in a lot of cases. So it's for me, I, I never wanted to go into that situation or run into that scenario. Never saying that it couldn't happen where I partner with the, the right person at the right time, but for the most part, wanting to retain ownership and control. And the good thing is there's so many more investment companies, angel investors than there were before with tech, uh, in the tech sector, especially emerging. You've got in Silicon Valley, they say there's like, there's one new tech being being kickstarted every day. So there's, there's certainly a trend and there's certainly an interest from investors. So it's for an investor, if they come across a great idea, it can be in amazing investment because in a couple of years it could be the next uber it could be the next airbnb but also for the founder it just opens the world of opportunities for anybody knowing that you just need to have a great idea uh no (laughs) you need to have a great idea executed really well um you know the the problem with a lot of these you hear they get funding or whatever but what you don't hear is how many went bankrupt how many couldn't cut it and in entrepreneurship frankly i'm i'm very grateful to bootstrap it because you learn to be creative you learn to be inventive and when i when sales roll in when you know all these things happen in a company i'm now well prepared to like manage capital manage the cash flow hire people train at a you know level that's good because i've grown through the company versus you get a ton of capital you're a young let's say founder you have no idea how to manage people. You have no idea what cash flow is. You have no idea how to do sales and marketing. So you just basically take that pile of cash and light it on fire. And then you're screwed in three years, which is what happens with a lot of companies that get investment. They, they burn through their one runway. They spend it poorly and don't know how to do any of that. It's not just a great idea. A great yeah. idea that nobody knows about is, <laughs> isn't going to cut it. You have to execute and you have to do a manage cash, train people really, and be a a leader of people. So yeah, a great idea helps, but frankly, there's a lot of companies out there that do things marginally better than the competition and are extremely successful. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, thanks for expanding on that. Yeah, I, in retrospect, yeah, I should have expanded on that more. Not just a great idea. You definitely need to have uh, some experience. And if you're young, if you're an 18 year old thinking that you're going to be the next, next Elon Musk, you got to have you got to have some 
key characteristics you, you need to be able to not like I said, don't start putting money into your lifestyle. And a lot of these they do. They they get they get investor on. They now they they're like they thinking they made they made it and they get they get all the money and they started showing it off instead of really focusing on on the actual business. So now you're totally right. Totally right. So with Cabanga, what's the, what's the next uh, what's the next twelve months looking like? What's the plan? Yeah. So for us in 2020, we went from one to eight products. And then added from three to 17 like feature sets. So really we're gonna be on that that same trajectory. More products, more solutions, helping more people, building our, our team out and just continuing upward. That's the you know primary trajectory for us is being able to help more engineers, more firms with more and you know improved solutions. Mm-hmm. And right now in the US, you know, you guys really hit COVID. Is the construction Showing any any slowdown or is it still like still going well? It's for the most part it's been going well. Obviously, in each state you're going to have different requirements that get in place with with COVID. Some have obviously done better than others, and some sectors have really boomed. With COVID in particular, like warehouses and data centers, where you couldn't build them fast enough. Other things like schools and university are probably a little slower, and even hospitals probably the hospitals haven't been building that much. This last year. So once elective surgeries, and when you hear elective, might forget that it's like knees and hips are elective. They're not required. So things like that are a big revenue source for hospitals. So when they start doing those surgeries again, we'll see construction pick up back on the, on the hospital side of things. Now, what would be one piece of advice that you would like to share, recommend, you know, pass on to the listeners right now who are trying to pursue better life? Yeah, so I'll uh, kind of two-part this. One is you need to have a positive attitude like, and take control of your life. So in going forward, going out into the world and you know, being positive and having a bright and shiny attitude, not to be like overly like the happy person that everyone maybe maybe hates, but have a good outlook on life really goes a long way. And through that is also, if you have that type of attitude going out into the world, then you're more than likely also going to want to grow. So to find other people that are, are growing, are taking responsibility uh, for their, their actions, their reading, they're doing things to really improve them, push them forward. We talked about physical fitness, <laughs> but it also is your, your mental fitness too. So I know it's all wrapped up in one, but really take ownership and being positive are the you know biggest thing that I can recommend. Mm-hmm. Now, what about somebody looking to start a business? Now you've been through, you've been through the hoops, you've been running your business for a while. Any advice you'd like to give them? A few things. One, you've got to not only have the idea, but you have to be passionate about it, right? You got to be pretty much willing to die on that sword. So whatever it is, you've got to be willing to work long hours for a long time. And this is the only thing that you think about for years on end. The other thing that I'll, I'll say in starting a business is it's probably not going to happen in six months. It might not happen in a year. It might not happen in two years. So really, what is your what is your time frame? What is your willingness to put into it? What's your dedication level to, to commit to it? And then looking at your business for professional services for larger consulting packages. The, the sales cycles are 
probably pretty long, right? Where you might be talking to somebody for six months, a year, 18 months, finally close them versus a $20 book. You can typically sell somebody pretty quickly on a book or a piece of clothing, but even then like maybe. So just understand like kind of the sales cycles, but really going into a business, there's a lot that you don't know, but if you have passion for it and understanding of the, the market and a willingness to persevere for, through a lot, uh, doing whatever it takes, working any type of job to pay the bills, go for it. Now, managing stress, we talk about we talk about a little bit about health and fitness. We talked about how you founded Kahabanga Studio as a result of being overworked and stressful and realized you need there need to be a better solution. What are your best uh, go-to routines to, to de-stress? Yeah, running is one of them, right? Like you can't, you can't be sad and run. That's a pretty, pretty hard thing to do. Another thing in, in stress is, and in business too, like you create a plan, right? So creating a plan, creating a strategy, creating a way to go out into the world is a big part of it. Like you should maybe stress a little when it comes to creating that plan, creating that thing. But when it comes to executing, just let go of the results. When you're in execution mode, right? Like doing this podcast or reading or making phone calls, that then is not the time to worry, right? Like it's the roulette wheel has already been spun. The, the ball has been dropped. Like you can't affect, you know, that result in a roulette wheel. So when you're doing the thing, don't stress about it. Come back to it, learn from whatever happened. But if you let go of that result of the outcome of that thing, whatever you're doing, because you've planned, you're just following the plan, following the strategy, following what you've already laid out and already stressed over, then a lot of these things become much easier. But that's a big mental shift to make for a lot of people, to letting go of that outcome versus just being present, being in the moment. And if you quote unquote, screw up, come back, adjust the plan, adjust the strategy. So the next time you can go into it a little better prepared, but do all your worrying, your anxiety stuff. And you don't need to, it's not terrible, but even more than the planning phase. So when you're out like executing, things just go a lot easier, but it's, it's a mental shift in that to release that, that stress, that anxiety. Absolutely. You also also have to be open-minded, right? You can't just set up a plan and, you know, set up the strategy and then just going all for it and stressing that, that about that outcome and like really pursuing that outcome. And there's no, there's no derailing from that has to be this way. Uh, you have to be open-minded and you have to be willing to pivot because towards achieving that outcome, there will be, it'll be required to maybe shift the path. The path is not straight. The path goes like a bit of a snake. So being open-minded is what allows you to make those decisions to, to overcome the obstacles. Whereas if you're, yeah, if you're too narrow-minded just towards that outcome, really focusing on the outcome, then you will be working extra hard and you will be <laughs> stressing extra hard and you might not even get there because you've been missing out. You haven't looked laterally because you didn't want it to. You put those little things on the side of your eyes and you didn't want it to look laterally and what's going what's going on on all those aspects and yeah missed uh, and you missed out on the opportunities yep totally dylan it was great to have you on the podcast appreciate you sharing your time talking about your story how did you come about with launching your business and and 
the benefits that you provide to a lot of people, a lot of families, electrical engineers. It's great what you do. I hope that at some point this will also be available for Australia. I assume that in the in in the field of electrical engineering, they there's a similar laws around the the, the world. But I, I guess everybody, every country has their own like different standards and stuff. So I don't know how far internationally you're at with scaling but when you do get to australia i'm sure there's, there's a lot of tradies here a lot of people that i know and that would certainly benefit from from your offering as well yeah so we're through the autodesk app store we're available internationally right now so uh we've got some few users like in russia even so yeah, we right. are we're, we're totally available uh, internationally yep worldwide okay okay Excellent. So there's, but do, is there any, any specifics for each country or was that, was I just assuming? Yeah. So electrically the, where you place stuff might be a little different, but the beauty of electricity is it's pretty much international. All the units and standards mm -hmm. are, are the same. Now, when you talk about like mechanical and, and like ductwork and HVAC and plumbing, like you got to convert from <laughs> inches to uh, centimeters and uh, that system. We're not we're not there yet on the kind of metric side of things, but the beauty of electricity is it's it's basically the same globally. Awesome. So nevertheless, they can get started and they already uh, start benefiting from being more efficient, and then they might just have to adjust a few little things like that. Okay. Any past any last message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? And I think we've covered it. Go out there. Be, be positive, have a, have a good attitude and how you show up. And, and one thing you need to show up everywhere. So don't have kind of two lives, if you will, one, one for the internet and one in real life being you works, being you is consistent. And then when people meet you they're they're not disappointed, right there, you are who you are. And, and that goes a long way. Yep. Yep. They just meet the same person like they heard on the internet. That's cool. <laughs> That's it. You're totally right. You're totally right. Now, somebody looking to reach out, maybe they've got some amazing idea that they could that you could benefit out of, or they want to know more about your your software, about Kavabanga Studios. What's the best way to reach out? Yeah, so for me personally, on Instagram at Dylan A. Mitchell, D-I-L-L-O-N-A Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. And then Calabunga Studios, Instagram, Facebook, website, LinkedIn. Who's a good place to, to reach out for either me or, or Calabunga Studios. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. I'll be sure to put it all in the show notes. Once again, thank you for your time. Thank you for being uh, a guest on the, sh on the show and sharing um, all the great insights. And uh, I wish you all the best with the, with the product that you're developing and many more great years of success ahead. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Vid, and uh, likewise, it was a lot of fun.